0: Welcome to the Tamron Learning Podcast, where host Dr. Kirby Ross Plock speaks with experts on many topics relevant in the ultra high net worth family wealth management space. Kirby is author of several books, including The Complete Family Office Handbook, and shares her expertise consulting with families and family offices. Kirby is also the founder of Tamarin Learning, an online wealth education platform that develops practical foundational learning programs for beneficiaries to help them prepare for responsible stewardship of wealth.
1: Welcome to the Tamarin Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirby Rosslock, and today we're talking about autonomy and accountability and the roles and responsibilities around a trust. And I'm thrilled to have Dr. Jim Grubman with me here today. He is a senior consultant to many multi-generational families and their advisors about the issues often arising around wealth. Jim is also author of several books and lots of lectures and keynotes and speaking appearances. His former life, he was a clinical psychologist, or he still is a psychologist, and neuropsychologist in any transition from the healthcare space into the field of wealth management and has been a luminary for so many of our peers. Jim, it's great to have you here today. Thank you so much for being on the Tamar Learning Podcast.
0: Well, thank you for inviting me here. And uh, I think we can have a great conversation about something that's really important to families.
1: So let's get into it because so many families are struggling with and trying to face how do they relate to their beneficiaries around issues of autonomy, them really wanting their independence and to be separate, but at the same time to be accountable. Maybe they're you know, inheriting significant wealth or business interests, and there can be a lot of tension between those two criteria. What are your thoughts?
0: When I work with families, I mean, I have heard this over and over again for throughout my career, and I began to realize In many design of trusts, uh, for many often, you know, Generation 1 founders and whatever, when they work uh, with their lawyers, everybody's focused on, we have to make sure the beneficiaries are going to be responsible. We got to make sure that they know there are limits on this. We got to make sure that, um, you know, they handle things responsibly because, you know, money can destroy people and they can lose motivation. There's all these fear-driven, catastrophic sorts of things that we got to control. And when I talk with beneficiaries, what I hear is, why are there strings attached? Um, You know, my trustee looks over my shoulder on everything. My father or my grandfather used to do the same thing. Um, You know, uh, I wish they would back off because I, I actually handle things well. They just don't pay attention to that. And it goes back and forth and back and forth. And so, and when I work with family meetings, I I can think of one family in particular that I worked with. We were in a family meeting talking about the design of a trust, and there were arguments. And if you can imagine, like one side was pounding the table for autonomy. You know, leave us alone. Let us run our own lives. Stop interfering and telling us what we're going to do. And the other side was pounding the table for accountability. Yeah, but we need to know that you're handling it responsibly. We just give you a blank check. Keys to the kingdom, you can do anything you want. And I didn't earn all this money just so that you could run off and do that. So, accountability, autonomy, back and forth as attention. And what I helped them see is that actually it is not a tension or a fight, it is a balance that finding together across the generations the balance of how do you balance autonomy with accountability in a reasonable way and can we come together to design it is what families have to do and when i've seen uh uh, trusts designed quite well for that everybody is happier and the beneficiaries in particular do much better
1: you know you were sharing with me a little bit earlier about sort of an analogy a car analogy Um, Maybe you could give our listeners and viewers a taste of that, because I think it so visually captures sort of the relationship maybe that families need to think about that trust in in a car sort of metaphor.
0: Well, uh, you know me, I'm I'm a car guy, and I often think of uh, car metaphors, analogies. Um, If you imagine that the uh, main asset of a trust is a car, say a really nice car in a lot of trust designs uh in what's called the ascertainable standard or the health education maintenance and support the hem standard as you know um basically the equivalent is like well you know the trustee comes the, the beneficiary comes to the trustee and says i want the car and the trustee looks at the trust documents says okay well what do you want the car for and as long as the beneficiary can say well it's cuz i want to go to the doctor or i want to go to school or I want to do something or other some purpose. The trustee says, okay, you know, then you can use the car. And it it sometimes relates to games playing where as long as beneficiaries can shoehorn the purpose into one of those four things with the HEM standard, they get the car. With incentive trusts, which I generally hate, it's the other way around. The trustee says, well, I'll tell you what, if you go to college, I'll give you a car. If you live in a certain area or you work and do something, I'll give you the car. And so of course the beneficiary will do it. What I tend to talk with families about is, wait a minute, it's the wrong question. If the beneficiary wants to use the car, the trustee and the beneficiary need to know is, you know, can you drive? Do you have the skills to drive a car? If you do, perfectly fine. If you keep crashing cars and you have a demonstrated inability to drive a car well, then actually, you know, maybe not. And so it's a very different focus um, focusing on skills, focusing on the fact that accountability is a reasonable thing in life. We are accountable to act responsibly. And so when beneficiaries accept, that accountability is a uh, value, is is an appropriate thing, and they want to live up to it. Often, it's a lot easier than to gain autonomy.
1: Well, and maybe also there's a yes and. I mean, maybe we can work together, um, parties to a trust, working with you know grantor's vision if they're still here, even get their sort of views and ideas, but also get the idea of what's the spirit of this trust, what's intended to do. Um, To co-create, what does it mean to be accountable? What does it mean to have autonomy? And can't we maybe move down a path that helps achieve all parties um, with a a reasonable expectation that's achievable and isn't too onerous, but at the same time isn't saying we're letting the beneficiary drive with their hands off the wheel. Um, We're also not saying to the trustee, you know um you have to accept and okay everything so they can be autonomous so i mean i think maybe there are solutions it's just how families approach the conversation and expand it beyond what they know today because sometimes we get limited by sort of where we are today in the conversations we've had historically um, and we maybe have models that have worked or not worked And that we need to sort of rethink how to reframe and bring in professionals like yourself um, and others to start to expand the possibility that will work for the future, not where we've come from. Right.
0: Exactly. And, you know, listening to you, I was reminded I once did a family meeting with uh, three generations in which one of the things that they were working on was there was some new estate planning going on and they were talking about how the trusts might be designed and what the provisions might be. And I facilitated the conversation across the generations where uh, grandma and grandpa in particular were able to share their fears. It's like, we're, we're afraid. You guys have not come from the kind of scarcity uh, and, and difficult things that we had. Um, we, we are concerned. We wanna make sure that you know and are gonna Handle this money well, because it was very difficult to make it. And ironically, G2 and G3 in particular, what they talked about was they wanted to participate in designing the accountability. They said, well, actually most of them said, we see it as reasonable. We're afraid too. We wanna work with you to design criteria. And what was really interesting was that there was a one G3 who was a bit of an overspender, was a little entitled, you know, and everybody was kind of worried about her. And she argued against it. She says, no, you know, we need to have our autonomy. And she pounded the table for autonomy. What was interesting was it was not G1 or even G2 that uh, talked about limits. It was her cousins the g3s who turned to her and said no that's not right limits are appropriate and understandable we have a duty to honor the legacy that was created so with such difficulty we do need limits and it was her cousins who set limits and said we are not going to have unlimited autonomy and no accountability and so they understood that overspending was not part of the legacy, and they supported there being reasonable accountability. And the family walked away from that meeting in a whole different place.
1: That's such a powerful story, and so, like, it just illuminates the power, right, of family involvement, participation, and maybe sometimes the unexpected, right? Maybe her yes. cousins didn't, she didn't expect her cousins to sort of show up and present um she probably expected some of that language maybe to come from a more elder generation and so i i do always find it remarkable how smart families become in the moment that they need to be great right they need to step up and rise and i think for beneficiaries it's a powerful conversation to figure out how to be positive and open-minded but also recognize that accountability helps all parties because you want your trustee to be accountable, you want the investment advisors and professionals around your trust to be accountable for their role and it's really no different as a beneficiary Um, and I think you don't have to feel like you have to sacrifice all of autonomy um, just because that's maybe a a model that in the past you could be independent you couldn't have your own path in fact a lot of really really successful beneficiaries have grown up done very well for themselves also been supported in part by a trust um, and can manage they can find a healthy balance so jim i am so grateful for your um, time today on this tamra learning podcast and it, i really look enjoyed speaking with you getting your wisdom um, and again i want all the listeners and and viewers today to go check out Jim's website, um, his books. He's got some fantastic books. And um, hopefully you'll, you'll get as inspired as I am today with having him here as a guest.
0: Well, thank you for having me, Kirby. It's been a great discussion.
1: Thanks.